global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, S&P 500 Index, holding at the highest since July. Bolstered by speculation, borrowing costs will remain lower for longer amid moderate growth. Right now, the S&P up 7 to 21.19. That's a gain of four-tenths of 1%. The NASDAQ Composite Index, higher now by 14 points, up three-tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials up 66 points, a gain of four-tenths of 1%. Tenure up 5.30 seconds, yield there 1.70%. Gold up 17.10 the ounce to 12.64, a gain of 1.4%. Crude oil holding above $51 a barrel, up 92 cents now. A gain there of 1.9%. I'm Charlie Pelleton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pelleton, thanks so much. Now it's time for the ETF report brought to you by Vanek Vector's ETFs. Expect more from your munis. Target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vanek.com slash muni. Vanek, access the opportunities. Now for our ETF report, here's Catherine Cowdery. There's a new kind of financial specialist, and their focus is ETFs. You've heard of stock pickers, right? Well, meet ETF pickers. There's a rising group of asset managers that do nothing but pick ETFs. And what they do is they sell these strategies to advisors. So if you're with an advisor, chances are your advisor might be using an ETF strategist. It's called an ETF managed portfolio. Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Eric Baltuna says it's become a cottage industry as these firms put together ETF portfolios for their clients. So this whole movement towards picking sectors and countries and asset classes, that is sort of what ETF strategists are tapping into. And it's a growing area. And that's why when you say ETFs are passive, you know, they, they track an index, they are used very actively. So we've seen active management not go away, but it's starting to take a new form. Instead of stock pickers, you're seeing more ETF pickers. Baltuna says these portfolio strategists use ETFs because their expense ratios are low and they're easy to buy and sell. And that's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Stocks in the United States move higher today. The S&P 500 posting a gain right now of about a quarter of a percent as it moves perhaps to the all-time high. Oil prices pushing higher, $50 a barrel, and the U.S. dollar fell. So what's not to like? Well, Philip Orlando is the chief equity market strategist for Federated Investors. He joins us here at Pershing Insight 2016 conference at the Hyatt Regency in Orlando, Florida. Philip Orlando, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me back. All right, so I was looking at the S&P 500. You right. keep reading this, you know, approaching this all-time high. Yep. Interest rates are low. Yep. Oil, $50 a barrel. Right. What's not to like about this environment? Well, we're very nervous for a number of reasons. Uh, valuations are stretched. You're trading up at around 18 times this year's earnings right now. The fundamentals right now aren't particularly good. Uh, GDP growth has been decelerating for the last year. We're at eight-tenths of one percent in the first quarter. We've been in an earnings recession now for the last year. Uh, revenues and earnings down uh, year over year the last four or five quarters. Uh, the labor market has stalled. Uh, inflation, core PCE, has ticked down the last couple of months. You've got this Brexit vote coming up. A lot of uncertainty surrounding what the Fed is thinking, what they're going to do. Uh, yet stocks are up uh, 
you know, 18% here over the course of the last couple of months. So uh, the seasonals aren't particularly great. We don't think the market has really focused on any of the potential instability with this election coming up this year, and there's there's a, a boatload of stuff to concern ourselves with. So for all those reasons, we're saying, all right, let's let's take some profits here and uh, uh, and move to the sidelines that that maybe we could see a five or ten percent correction over the course of the summer. Hmm. Well, so you are uh, being cautious, defensive. What? Is there anything in particular you would sell? Would you just say lighten up across the board? Would it be like, you know, and, and do, you, do you get out of some of your more momentum-oriented stocks, some technology, and get into something more defensive? And if so, what? So what we've done in the Federated Global Allocation Fund, I think, is exactly uh, captures that strategy. Uh, 60-40, 60% stocks, 40% bonds is sort of a neutral allocation. We're sitting at 58% right now. We're a couple of ticks below neutral. That's the lowest the allocation has been since the Great Recession. Now, to put that in some context, in, in March of '09, as we were coming out of the Great Recession, stocks trading at 11 times earnings, we were probably 80 85% stocks. We're sitting at 58% now with, with multiples at 18 times earnings. So we've got a little bit more cash than normal, a little bit more bonds than normal, and within the equity allocation, we have shifted towards those more defensive Categories, REITs, telecoms, utilities, staples, healthcare. So we're, we're looking for the lower beta, higher dividend yielding categories as a means of trying to hide out here, tread some water until we can get some better visibility on what's happening in terms of underlying fundamentals and, and this election season. So you mentioned bonds just a, a right. second ago. I'm wondering, do you think we're in a bond bubble? Uh, Treasury yields at, uh, where where are we, about 170, 180 right now? 170 for the 10-year and 2.5% for the 30-year. Yeah, we focus more on the 10s. Uh, 10s are low, no question, but I I don't know that domestic economic fundamentals are driving that bus. I think the bigger story here is is what are competing yields look like in, in Japan and Germany. So, so our bond guys would say, throw out everything you know about domestic fundamentals. The only thing that matters is that uh, JGBs are negative and, uh, and and bonds are yielding 20 basis points. And so if you're a global uh, fixed income investor and you've got to park money in a developed instrument, your three choices are Japan, Germany, and the U.S. And, and on the basis of the yield, that's an easy decision. And so those instruments, Germany and Japan, I think are keeping a lid on on where our yields are and where they're going. Well, I just I just have to put the the numbers with that because the German Bund is now uh, and further rallying today, Phil, down to zero point zero five three, <laughs> and the Commerce Bank, uh, one of their guys, is saying that zero uh, percent is possible. Well, it's so close now; that's an easy bet. And as for Japan, negative zero point one. Three on their JGB, but of course, if you wanted to pick up some bonds in Brazil, you can get more than five percent. Yeah, but there's risk in Brazil. You know, we're leading people away in handcuffs. You know, it's it's all sorts of stuff there. So, uh, again, from from the perspective of quality, uh, Japan, Germany, and the U.S. are the only games in town. And with the U.S. at 170 and the others essentially at zero. That, that's an easy decision, and I think that's why our yields are where they are. You can sort of ignore what the underlying fundamentals are in terms of studying and analyzing the U.S. market. Tell us about the fundamentals, particularly when it comes to manufacturing in the United States, sure. uh, maybe even automobiles, because that has seen a very good sales run. 
Well, you, you've seen a great sales run. We were down at about 9 million annualized units at the bottom of the cycle in February of 2009. We've doubled to 18 million units. Now, we have come off that pace over the last six months or so. We're, you know, closer to 17 and a half million units right now. We're, we're fine with the auto market staying in the 17 to 18 million unit run rate, but we're not going to double again from here or, or go up, you know, by another 9 million units. I think we're going to go sideways for the next couple of years. And I think the principal reason for that is because there is still a tremendous amount of untapped demand in that the average age of the auto fleet in the United States right now is probably something in the 10 to 11 years. Normally, that number would be seven or eight years. So so as people feel more comfortable, they're going out at the margin and replacing their clunkers with new cars, and that's created this surge. But we're at a point in the cycle right now, and some folks have started to mention this, where there's some questions about are we, are we sort of giving these cars away, much like we're giving houses away, uh, leading up to the bursting of the housing bubble in terms of alti and subprime auto loans. And so there's some question about the quality of the paper that's now out there at this part in the cycle. Are we chasing the cats and the dogs, mm-hmm. you know, with this recovery, you know, as long in the tooth as it is? Well, you know, Phil Lambert, you are somebody who is not um, naturally or inherently bearish cautious. So when I hear you telling me all these reasons you're cautious, you're looking at valuations, uncertainty of the Fed, you're looking at Brexit, you're lightening up your portfolio, I take this as a, as a, a pretty serious sign that uh, you are – this is – this is I mean, not that you've ever been here before, but you're you're taking all these warning no, signs th- pretty this seriously. Is, this is freaky because we're the idiots that, that nine years ago were coming out of the Great Recession's trough. We're the ones that said, you know, the stock market has the potential to double within two years and quadruple or hit an all-time record high within four, which was a, a ridiculous forecast, um, except that we got it right. Um, so, so our inherent bias is to look for the silver lining, to be positive. And, and as we look at the landscape right now, we're seeing a preponderance of negatives out there. And it's hard for us to continue to expect to see the market move up here without some sort of a consolidation until we get some clarity on what some of these issues are. Okay, 10 seconds. When's the Fed going to raise the key rate, Phil Orlando? Uh, I feel really good about December. Uh, there may be something ahead of the election, but that's going to be a much tougher call. Wow. Okay. Phil Orlando, great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Phil Orlando in Orlando. <laughs> we planned it and that we way. We did. Pershing's Insight 2016 Conference, the Hyatt Regency in Orlando. Phil Orlando is a chief equity strategist at Federated Investors. Always great having you on the show. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. Up next, Movers and Shakers. Dave Wilson, our stock senator, will be back. And then a look at the latest from the, polit- the political trail. Kathleen Hayes, Pim Fox, Taking Stock, Bloomberg Radio. <laughs>